Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It ain't hard to tell where to get the latest merchandise from Backpack Broadcasting. Gear is now available via T Public. Visit the Backpack Broadcasting Tee Public online store to get shirts, hoodies, mugs, and phone cases. Represent your favorite Backpack Broadcasting shows, including the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, and of course, the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Check out the special offers for our podcast listeners at http colon backslash backslash t.pub backslash lic backslash backpack. Get in the game with your official Backpack Broadcasting here today. From the Gotham Podcast Studio, A Hard to Tell Podcast, episode 57, and we have our first woman's athlete. Here on the podcast. First time that we have a woman who's an athlete on is the it podcast. Really? Yeah, it is. It is the first time. We huh. have not had a woman. We've had women, ath- former athletes. Former before. athletes, but we have not had a current <laughs> active uh, woman's athlete. Now, guest joining myself, Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca, is Jillian DeCourcy. 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 You did it perfectly. Yo, what's crazy is I had it before and I asked <laughs> yeah. you. I asked you the the pronunciation of your last name and now I messed it up. At least I didn't add a K. I think I think you did add a K. I did add a K. Yeah. I'm sorry. Maybe it's in my head from before. Lift the mic a little bit. Yeah. Lift your mic up a little bit. Yeah. 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 Let, let everybody. Let everybody. I don't want to be like right, Joe Rogan because he tells everyone put it about a fist from your face. Nah, I don't want to <laughs> <do> that. <Yeah. laughs> but our guest is Jillian DeCourcy. She's a mixed martial artist from Invicta Fight Championships. Uh, so she beats people up for a living. Just for fun. <laughs> just for, <laughs> just and for it's, fun. And it's also a mental health counselor. Y- yep. Which also, is also interesting combination in itself. <laughs> Very interesting combination, which is part of the reason we have you. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. I can't, can't complain. I just don't want to get beat up by you for uh, messing okay. up your last name. It'll happen. Uh, it's Sunday. It's Sunday I'm off. It's Sunday you're off. Yeah, <laughs> Although we've seen people today who haven't been taking it so easy on a Sunday. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Mr. Downstairs. Yeah, the guy, guy downstairs. Uh, yeah. Jillian had a guy who didn't uh, take it so easy with her. He didn't know what she does, though. If he well, knew, he might have been nicer. Well, we've never seen the security guard before, so, you know. We're going to cut him some slack? Yeah. Okay. Well, you are. <laughs> I'm going to cut him some slack? So, yeah. you, I, so you, you're new to me. This is my first time meeting you. You and Brian know each other. Um, yes. How there's... did you meet this character? Oh, God. Because he's a character. Yeah. How would you describe that? <laughs> I think it was uh, Facebook, right? Facebook. Sent me a message. It was very, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, he, was he stalking you? <laughs> no, no, no. You, you, you weren't on stalker level. You were good. <laughs> I was professional, yeah, contrary was to good. what people may believe. 
Yeah, I'm so. not sure he's professional all the time. Well, he I was mean, professional when we met, so yes. it's all right. <laughs> no, nah, he's a consummate professional. He's absolutely true professional. Yeah, but you, but you guys met, and Brian obviously does a lot of coverage in the mixed martial arts world. I will come out and say I am not a you know, expert in MMA the way this guy is. I'm not an expert either. But <laughs> he loves violence. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> I, I don't have that it's kind an art of energy. Form. It's not violence, right? That's oh, what okay. I try to explain to people. <laughs> okay, you know, I, exp, it's exp, artistry. That's a great way to start into this, right? Like, so it, MMA is an artistry. Explain that for people who might not think otherwise. Who might say, "I look at MMA; it comes across to me as barbaric, yeah. not my thing." Right. These are things you sometimes hear oh, cage absolutely. fighting you know, and stuff like cage that. fighting and stuff like that. So that's sometimes the perception that's out there. Do, do you feel like people ignore the artistry of it? Um, I think, yeah, because they, especially with, you know, what do people want to say? They want to see blood. They want to see people beating each other up. So it's like, oh, okay, that's what they look for. But um, they don't know They don't know everything that goes behind it. Like every punch, every move on the ground, every takedown is so articulated that, you know, it is, you know, you practice it over and over. And, you know, it is like, it's like a dance, but just with people maybe getting hurt and some blood. <laughs> <laughs> that right. makes it sound so much nicer. And, and broken joints and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, we, yeah, maybe we try and rip each other's limbs off. Yeah. But... Dances with knee bars. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that then begs the question, if you can even describe it as that to somebody, why would one want to do that? Why would somebody want to get into this? What drew you into this? Um, Looks what, fun. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, and it, I mean, it's something that I feel like it's like, you know, when you talk to other fighters, but other people that do it, we, you know, we all kind of say the same thing. It's like, you, it's something that you can't explain like to somebody that's never done it. It's like, you have to do it, and then it's either you're like, oh, my God, I need to do this all the time, or it's like, eh, nah, it's not for me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and it's like if it's something that you're like, wow, I like this, it just draws you in because it's an adrenaline rush like nothing else. Like literally there's you know someone that's trying to hurt you, but it's like, hey, we don't necessarily have beef. We might, but it's even if you have beef with somebody, it's different because it's not like we're going out and fighting on the street or, you know, like a bar fight or something. It's like, you know, it's, it is very technical. Yeah, it's interesting that you would say that, too, because, like, you're a late bloomer. Like, it's not, yeah. MMA is not something that you grew up into. Right. Although I'm not sure, like, anybody could grow up into it unless you were born within the last 25 years because it wasn't even, it hasn't even been around that long. Or you were born in the cage. Yeah, yeah. right. Born in the octagon. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, Which, you see the kids now, though, like, that are kind of training in it um, young, and it's, like, it's interesting how that's going to play out, like, for them, like long term. Yeah, because I remember. I wanna, yeah, I want to. We're gonna definitely touch on that later. Cause yeah. That's interesting. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued in that about yeah. kids who are like into it now. Yeah. Oh well, now would you see like uh, before you had more specialists. You had more guys that came from a strictly yep. boxing background or a yep. kickboxing background or a jujitsu background, and now you have men and women who are more versatile and can do multiple things, and that's sort of become the norm with this new generation of fighters because that's kind of how just things like progress. And, that's, and that that is interesting in itself too because I remember years ago that's kind of what it was. People just had a specialty, yep. even from my limited knowledge of knowing that this is the people I saw really like they were just Brazilian yeah. jiu-jitsu or whatever, and this is what they were doing. So, could you tell us your story? Because you know, how did Jillian DeCursey, and I got the name right? right. Woo, how did you get in? You know, sort of get into this world. Like, what's your journey to you know being a, a fighter? So it kind of ha- it just kind of happened honestly. Um, I mean, I've played sports competitively with my entire life. Um, I played basketball in college, and it was kind of like after you know after I graduated, it was like all right, let's you know my my um, fiance at the time, it was like hey, let's you know maybe we'll start training, you know doing something. He kind of popped the idea, and so we started training. We started doing like jujitsu and muay thai, 
Um, and it was just kind of something for fun. And then I started competing a lot in jujitsu. And then one day we were just messing around in the gym, kind of just like play fighting or whatever. My coach was like, hey, you want to do a fight? And I'm like, all right, sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's Probably you not your reaction, yeah. right, Dexter? <laughs> no, I'm just like, no. if you, no. if someone was like, hey, you want to fight? And then you're probably like, eh, not necessarily. <laughs> I don't know if I would say not necessarily because I'm the kind of person that's like, I'd want to try the new experience. So I'm kind of like, Maybe I might well, you want to do that. Well, you know me. I'm going to try it. Yeah, but point. you love violence. Right. Well, no. But anyway. <laughs> so, so you transitioned from yes. college basketball yep. into MMA. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Which is very unique. Uh, I remember we talked, because we talked about this a little bit during the summer, and you had played at, I want to say University of Bridgeport. Yeah, oh, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to remember. And then you tra- you transitioned into MMA when, mid-20s? Yeah, yeah, he did. Well, no, first it was just mainly jujitsu. And you had never heard of it beforehand. Not really, no. So not if at you all. could huh. sort of, if you could sort of break that down for us, sort of that experience of what it was like learning and sort of catching the bug, and then just wanting to just do more aspects of MMA beyond just jujitsu. Yeah, so I mean, for me, it was like when I first started training. I mean, I got hurt like right away. I, like blew out my knee like after like the first two months. Mm. So Ooh. I was like, it's right. kind of the norm. Doing what exactly in the training? It was nothing. It was nothing actually cool at all. I was yeah. just like pulling my leg back, and my knee went. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> oh. yeah, it was not cool at all. It wasn't like it was like oh somebody did a really cool move, and it was like hey, it's a good story. Isn't no. see, it's the worst <laughs> when you have a bad injury and there's no cool story. No, like yeah, I tore my Achilles, but there's no cool story for you. I yeah. was literally just going around to pick. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, it's like yeah, it's like I can't even really make it sound cool. Like like Tony Ferguson, where he uh, he basically destroyed his entire leg doing press. Like he like stepped, (laughs) he like stepped off something and then just fell, and that was it. That was it. He was then he was he wasn't gonna fight Khabib. Uh, in August, sure. in April, yeah. <laughs> in April. <laughs> so yeah, so continue. So you blew out your, you blew out your knee. Yeah, and then I was out for like I was out for like nine months or so. Oh. Um, you know, because when you when you train, you don't have health insurance. It's probably not a good idea, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you still wanted to do it when you got back. Yeah, it was okay. like it actually made me want to do it more. It was like, oh, all yeah. right, I mean, I already had the bad injury. Like, cool. So I trained for about <laughs> like, like cool, yeah, sorry, like, like already, cool can't be worse than that. Yeah, we already got the worst part out. Yeah. So I trained like for I was training for like about a year, competed a little bit, and then I um, broke my collarbone, and I was out again <laughs> for a little bit. And at that point, you didn't say I want to stop doing this. <laughs> no, it was, clearly not. <laughs> it was like I had a well, I broke my collarbone and I like really badly broke my finger at the same time. But my finger, I just taped it up. It was like a, like a week or two before my collarbone. I love how you just said that. My finger, I just taped it up, kept yeah, it going, <laughs> put a little ointment like, no on it. Deal. It was good. Right. <laughs> so then, you know, my collarbone, we go to the emergency room, and I'm like, hey, you know, while I'm here, can you guys just x-ray my finger too? <laughs> and then they just found it? Like, oh yeah, they were like it was worth worse than my collarbone. The, the doctor was like, "Yeah, we should have done surgery on that, but it's kind of too late now." <laughs> <laughs> when did you get healthy? <laughs> um, yeah, so then, like, well, pretty much after that, I've been like good since then. So I all got right, them all yeah, out yeah. at the beginning, and that wasn't even when I was fighting. That was just jujitsu. That was just training. Yeah, yeah was, like so I had worse injuries doing jujitsu than fighting. Huh. And what yeah. what else was interesting because one of the other things we talked about because you were amateur for a while. Oh yeah, I did like nine amateur fights. Yeah, which like for a female is like kind of crazy. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Why is that crazy? Um, because they're just. I mean, most go like you see these girls going pro after like three fights. Guys too. Um, yeah, a lot of guys and it's too. just. I mean, to me, I don't think it makes sense because once you go pro, you can't go back. 
Um, and plus, it's like, why not just kind of build yourself up? Um, right. Plus, I mean, for me, I didn't, I didn't want to just go pro with anybody. It offers for like probably like a year and a half before I actually transitioned. Um, but I knew I wanted to, you know, go pro with Invicta, so I was like, all right, I'll just keep win- winning here. What was that? What yeah. was being an amateur like, though? Right, like you're fighting on the amateur level. Um, try to get the experience and the reps up. You know, you, you kind of had built up, you know, through the jiu-jitsu and going through all the injuries and stuff, and now you're stepping into the, you know, you're stepping into the um, the cage and you're fighting people. So what was that like on the amateur level? Um, I mean, for me at the beginning, it was, like, awesome. It was, like, because, you know, I became, like, the top dog real quick. I think I won my first, you know, one of my first titles, like, after, I think it was my second fight. Um, and then I, you know, I, I defended that one, like, four times, um, and then I, you know, I earned a bunch of different titles, so it was like, I was top dog pretty much from the beginning, um, but I fought, you know, I got really good experience as an amateur, I didn't fight, like, I, I think, I would only say, like, one girl I fought was, like, not on, you know, a high level, um, pretty much most of them went on to go pro, so it was like, all right, yeah. you know, at least I fought good people, um, and then towards the end, it actually, you know, it got more stressful being an amateur than being a pro because my last couple fights, I knew that, hey, you know, um, getting signed by Invicta was like hanging, like dangling. It was right there. So it was any, you know, any little mistake that you could make. And that contract could, offer could go away. Right. It could be jeopardized. So it was like, all right, every fight, I, you know, like it was pretty much my last three amateur fights were like more stressful than my pro debut because mm. it was like, oh, you know, you lose this or you don't look good. You know, it could get pulled away. <laughs> right, and you were eight and one as an amateur. Yeah, right? eight and one. Yeah, yep. we should we should point that out. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a damn good record. The, the only yeah. the only two losses you have are fights that you picked up on short notice. Yeah, like so. two week notice fights. How tough is that? Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and and you, I, you, the way you sound is like you wouldn't recommend that anybody do that. I mean, I, I understand it. You you can't train, right? Yeah, you can't train properly. Well, my the first one I did, I, it was at one fifteen, so that wasn't too bad because I didn't have to really make weight. Yeah. Um, the one I did in July. I cut like 18 pounds in like a week and a half. He told me this recently, <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, that's crazy!" Like, how? And that's not do? even that much. But that's yeah, not even yeah. that much. Compared but that's to not like, good. Compared not to good like what you. Cyborg and Nunez are about yeah. to do. But that's not good. <laughs> that's not like that. Like in terms of health, right? Like just cutting um, that amount of weight. In a short and I think it's hard. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's harder for women, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. It's way harder for us. Yeah. Yeah, that's what like for me like, and especially because I'm already small. So like, <clears> you know, every pound is like, you know triple for you know the guys i train with they're like oh yeah i can do that easy i'm like yeah i hate you <laughs> <laughs> right they could yeah. right. what what's it what is it like in terms of the sport for for being a, a woman because there's we talked about the perception that people have of the sport in general right but there's this other thing that basically comes from misogyny that people are like oh women shouldn't be fighting they shouldn't be doing this you're gonna have that kind of there they'll say you shouldn't be did you ever have any pushback from anybody any family that's like yo Jillian, you should not be doing this. Um, no, I mean, for me, like, my family kind of have always been, like, the one that's going to do the things that, like, everybody's like, all right, you're crazy. <laughs> um, I like them. So it's kind of like, <laughs> <Right. laughs> so like, oh, yeah, of course you're going to want to go and fight. <laughs> <laughs> After playing basketball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my grandfather used to tell me all the time when I, like, the first fight he went to, he's like, hey, can you go back to playing basketball? You know, I used to really enjoy, like, going to your games. He's like, this, not so much. <laughs> like, probably because he doesn't want to see you get hurt. Yeah, of course. Of course. And, you know, one of my uncles goes he won't you know he doesn't really go to my fights not like he'll like he watches them a little bit but he's like you know he's like he's like me seeing somebody hit you he's like i just want to go and you know mess him up i understand <laughs> i understand right. where he's coming from have you dealt with any sexism 
in 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 the sport itself? Um, Do you see that around the sport? Oh, oh, it's it's there a lot. I mean, I've been pretty lucky with like everyone that I've been surrounded with that it hasn't. You know, I've been really supportive. Um, the people I train with are really supportive. I haven't had some of the horror stories you hear. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, bad stuff that go out there for women who train. Um, and, you know, you have to be really careful kind of who you surround yourself with because it's very easy for, you know, things to get taken advantage of and just mm. not go in good direction. So it's definitely out there a lot. Do you, do you encourage younger women? Sorry, Brian. Do you encourage younger women to follow your path or get in, get into the sports? Is it something you'd like to see more women uh, do in the future? Um, I think it's definitely good for, like, self-defense and, like, um, you know, as far as, like, confidence levels um, to train because <laughs> – yeah, I walk around now and I'm like, all right, I hope I never have to like kind of, you know, use what I know. Um, but I've been in situations where it does re- definitely help out and you're like, all right, you know what? I got to handle my business and, you know, I'm not afraid if I have to, you know, do what I have to do. You hope that you never have to. But right. I think it is definitely something that you have to know. But, yeah, you know, the, the caution is, too, like you see all these like nonsense, like self-defense videos online <laughs> of them doing like stuff and you're like. It just looks dumb. Or <laughs> possible. Yeah, and it's yes. not and it's not gonna work. The only way that it actually works is if it's something you train all the time. And that's the only like you know, when it's advertised as like self defense, yeah, it is, it can be used as self defense, but only if you do it all the time. Because right. if somebody comes up to you, what are you gonna do? Be like, Oh wait, let me think about what I have to do. Right. And right. You, know what? you can't react reacting yeah. like that, it could be too late. Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. <laughs> I think that's why Invicta's place in MMA is important also because, I mean, for those of you who don't know, listening, watching, Invicta's an all-female promotion Yep. Uh, that is mainly in the Midwest, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, mainly. Except you fought in California that one time. Yeah, I fought in Cali, I fought in Salt Lake, and I fought in Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where a lot of women have come from that have ended up in UFC and have ended up in Bellator and things like that. So I feel like that's pretty significant. And... Well, the UFC doesn't have... I don't think Bellator doesn't have this either. They don't have a 105 no, weight class, right? Yeah, pretty much Invicta's like where it's to be for 105s. Yeah. They don't like us little people, man. They're biased against <laughs> Do, us. But it's weird because, like, for example, we were talking about this right before we got on. UFC has a 145 champion. They don't really have yeah, <laughs> a 145 weight class. Whereas I feel mm. like with Adam Weights... You can assemble a weight oh, class. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you could definitely, and you'll probably get a lot of women who want to come down from 115 straw weight to fight at 105. Do you feel like one day we'll see 105 at UFC or Bellator or both? Yeah, I, th- I think definitely it'll happen one day. It's just when, you know, because the UFC is all about, like, they got to, like, play it out and wait. And it's like, you know, even with the guys, they're taking away some of the smaller weight classes. Flyweight. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yep. That's why Cejudo and Dillashaw are fighting yeah, each other at Barclays next like, month. kind of you know that, sucks. that doesn't really make much sense but you know it's like oh well there's less knockout power yeah but it's more exciting it's more technical right yeah and you still see the knockouts yeah <laughs> right yeah you right. still you, you still it, do it can't see happen. that right. but yeah you'll yeah. definitely get you'll definitely get some women coming down from 115 if that were to happen so i feel like oh, they yeah. should do it it's just and it's also gonna take time because like they still haven't figured out the women's flyweight situation. Oh yeah, it's, it's like all over the place. <laughs> they just finally got a real like champion yeah before they had <clears throat> they had do you remember the old do you not remember because it's still on do you know the ultimate fighter uh, yeah, reality show yeah, uh-huh. right so they had the winner of that show crowned the inaugural champion really yes late last year nico montano didn't defend it for a while uh september came she was gonna fight valentina shevchenko and pulled out and then ufc ended up stripping her of the title 
because I guess because she pulled out, but she they had to rush her to the hospital. I don't know what exactly the full like accurate story is. Hmm. Valentina is, suspe- is suspicious of her even wanting to fight to begin with, and now they finally a year later have Valentina as a champion because she beat Joanna Jacek. So and when is she defended? Uh, probably sometime next year. Oh, okay. Yeah, she just fought. She, she, she just yeah, fought. she just fought like uh, earlier this month. So, <laughs> you're speaking of fights. Your next fight is what? What's next for you? When is your next? Um, fight? I mean, I was hoping to fight in January, but that doesn't look like it's happening now. So now it's just kind of like it's like a waiting game, and it sucks. You don't want anything on short notice, right? <laughs> no um, I mean, yeah, no. I obviously you don't want short notice, yeah. but. You know, it's part of the game. You don't really have a choice sometimes. And it's like, all right, that's the hard part of it. Because it's like you have to give your body time to, like, recover and, and, you know, be on point. So then when you do have a fight, you're not burnt out. But then at the same time, you sometimes you don't know when you're going to get the call. So it's like you got to stay somewhat ready. Always so it's eat. like a balancing game. Yeah, that's tough having to stay ready with that. Have you stepped into um, the cage, and has there been any woman you've seen where you're like, oh, my God, like, I don't, I don't know. Have you actually ever felt any intimidation, or do, does that not cross your mind when you're um, looking at your opponent? The only time I would say that that happened was at my one amateur fight that I took on short notice at um, 115. Um, it was my only, you know, my only loss as an amateur. Um, and it was just, it was more the size difference. That was when I was fighting on 115, and I was like, yeah, no, like, if I want to go pro, I got to drop down to 105. Because um, at that point, I was, like, even smaller than I am now fighting at 105. Huh. And it was, you know, I wasn't cutting weight. I'm, like, showing up to weigh-ins like a jerk, like, with food in my mouth on the scale. <laughs> 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 Drinking water in front of everyone. Um but, you know, the size difference and the power difference and, like, you know, she landed her first punch and I was like, oh, this chick could knock me out. I was like, all right. <laughs> it got, it got <laughs> real really quick. Yeah, and it was like, I've never, you know, I never felt power like that. Um, I don't think, I don't think people could sort of process that. Yeah. Because, I, like, like, a regular person. Right, and I always think about that in any kind of these combat sports. It's like right. When you feel that first difference yeah. in what you know because you can spar with anybody and it, oh, yes. like like when rocky like when rocky fielding who just fought canelo alvarez yep when he just fought canelo alvarez and he probably felt that first body punch what was that moment oh like, my like, god like oh this is real i still remember the first punch from my first fight that i got hit with because that was the first time you ever cause, you know when you're when you're training you have to you're wearing big gloves you're not you know if you have the small gloves on you're not you can't you can't hit each other at full force because Nobody's going to make it to a fight. Right. Um, So, you know, it's something very different. Like that first, you know, that first punch that I got that got I got hit with in my first fight. It was like, oh, this is what we're doing. All right. Right. (laughs) It's the wake up call. Do do you spar a lot? I wonder this because like a lot of fighters, I feel like are sparring less and less just to, you know, not get as much brain damage as they probably would. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it it depends. Like I, um, um, you know, obviously like the beginning of a fight camp, I spar a lot and then we kind of break it off is it hard sparring um, or is it just like it depends like once a week i'll do like really hard sparring and then the rest like it depends like you're doing like drills or you're like sparring but we're not like trying to knock each other out right you know um when i spar hard i wear headgear though um because yeah. you know hmm. i'm trying to like at least somewhat protect myself right you know? <laughs> so that's sort of balanced i guess we could transition there to yeah. mental health counseling which you actually studied in college <laughs> and have a master's degree from Iona? Oh, you are good. All right, yeah. He's got a pretty good memory. He remembers all kinds of ridiculous nonsense yeah, that he doesn't need to remember. And then there are things that I'm supposed to remember that I don't. <laughs> yes, that is true. That is, that is Brian so, accurately. Yes. Very selective. Um, but master's degree from Iona. 
uh, mental health counseling, and you have your own practice. Yep. Yeah. yeah so la- actually, I started it last January. So yeah, congrats. And that's, Thank that's, you. That's, that's big. Yeah, <laughs> and it's in Little Neck, New York. Yep. So if you guys want to check that out, you can actually Google. Is it, it. Is your name? Is your name of your practice? Yeah, it's Create Your Balance. Create Your Balance. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So if you could tell us more about that, uh, and just sort of that balance between giving brain, brain damage and helping people <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> prevent brain damage. Yeah, I got, I, I got questions about that, too. <laughs> you have to be balanced, right? Right. She's like, I'm really living it. Like, I'm, I'm living my living truth. <laughs> yes. um, I mean, for me, it just kind of like I had, um, my mom tells me, she's like, oh, you know, ever since you were a kid, you always told me you wanted to have like a dual career. Like you wanted to help people and then you wanted to like be like an athlete. I'm like, oh, wow, wait, I'm actually doing that. That's kind of cool. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, initially, I had, you know, I'd always wanted to do something where I was, like, helping kids that just, you know, things just didn't go right for them. Um, and so now I kind of, you know, I see everybody because, you know, you got to you gotta balance out the bills, right? Um, but I see, you know, my, my primary, you know, population I like to help is, like, kids and adolescents. Um, because to me, I feel like there's still so much, you know, they have so much life left to live. And, you know, if you can help them when they're younger, then they don't have to go through, you know, their whole adulthood struggling and, and balancing, you know, not having stuff going right for them. Um, but for me, it's like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I got work brain and then I got, you know, training fight brain. And it literally, it like it's like a switch. It's like, oh, okay, oh, I'm at work. Okay, cool, I switch this on. And then I leave and I'm like, oh, okay, training, I switch this on. And it's, you know, I'm like the same person. Like my personality is the same whether I'm at work or, you know, I'm training. But... You know, it's like I, I, I tell everybody, I'm like, I'm super smart at work. And then I shut it off and like, I'm just dumb. <laughs> 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 I'm like, I use all my intelligence during this period of the day. The right. rest of it is done. That's me when I go play video games <laughs> <laughs> after a long day out <laughs> work. So what so I kind of want to hit on what something Brian said, because yeah. what's it like in the fact that. Um, well, let, let's circle back to this. Look, brain injuries and brain traumas is, is real in any kind of context, sport, especially in yeah, combat absolutely. sports. One, does it concern you as a fighter? Is that something you're concerned about for your own health? Um, initially, I was, um, but you know, just because you know you are getting you know hit, and especially at the begin, you know, when you first start training, you're you're going to take a lot more shots. Mm. Um, but now it doesn't really concern me as much because I did start fighting a little bit later. Um, I think it's more of a concern when you know kids start fighting young. Um, or even, you know, the, the adults, when you start, you know, when you start fighting and you're, you know, 18, 19, your brain isn't, you know, fully developed yet. And your risk of, you know, long-term injuries is a lot higher. Um, so I'm actually, you know, happy that I kind of found the sport a little bit later because I'm like, it preserved my body and it, pres- you know, preserved my mind. But yeah, you never, you know, there is always, you know, once you get older, like what the impact's going to be, but it definitely is worse, you know, the younger you start. Yeah, no, no doubt about yeah. that. So does anybody... Anybody who comes to your practice, they know what you do. They're like, you're trying to get my mental health right. You're like rattling brains. Has <laughs> anybody brought that up to you? Um, yeah, I actually had a, um, before, you know, when I was in at my place and I was working out of like a, a clinic, you know, and I get like a little bit more questionable characters coming in sometimes. Now oh, I can that, be that more, so, be yeah, I can be more selective now where I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to go through that process. Yeah. Um, and I had a guy like come in and he was flipping out. And he's like, you're telling me, you know, I can't be fighting, I can't be doing this, and I'm, you know, hanging out with my friends, and we see your fight come up on YouTube, and like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, that's different. I'm like, I'm not pulling people out of cars and beating them up. 
He's like, yo, we are not the same. Yeah. Like, like, I'm a professional. He's going off. And I'm like, I couldn't I, I couldn't help it, but I just started laughing. <laughs> I don't need to tell you. No, but like, I, I, I see the humor in it, right? And that's kind of why I wanted to ask because I kind of could see the humor in it. It's like, Someone's looking at it like, yo, you're trying to tell me to be calm. But you got to be charged up in there. You got to go and beat somebody up. But that's different. So what are you, you're helping people. Your mental health is, is just so broad. Why, why do you think it's so important for people to be mentally healthy? Like, I'm a big person for the advocate. I think you should go see therapists or mental health counselors or worry about your body and your mind should be one. But why is it so important for people to be mentally and do, healthy? And do you like the the increase of awareness that is gotten? Because I mean, this is something that's getting more and more attention, oh, especially absolutely. around sports, right? Yeah. yeah, over the last like five to ten years, especially. I mean, absolutely. It's you know, it's you know, people take care of their bodies, and they're still like, even though it's way better now than it was, you know, even just a couple of years ago. Yeah. There's still so much ignorance surrounding it. Like people are real quick to go, "Oh, I got a headache. Let me take a you know, let me take an Advil." Mm. Um, real quick to take something like for physical pain. But emotional pain, you know, mm. even, you know, a lot of people I see, I have to, like, kind of battle with them. I'm like, you know, you're you're not in a good place. You know, you really, you know, probably need, you know, medication to fix it because it's not all, you know, there's a lot of things where you just can't, it can't be fixed just by kind of changing your behavior. Yeah, we want to try that first. But, you know, there's still so much ignorance surrounding, like, what actually goes on in the brain. You know, it's made up of chemicals. So sometimes those things are just not working right. And you do need to kind of put them back in place. Um but, you know, it's just like you want to take care of your body, you have to take care of your mind. If your mind's in a good place, nothing else is going to work out. Do you think that's a product of people, <clears throat> excuse me, just being scared and not wanting to know certain things? Whereas if it's physical, it's more obvious. Right. Like when something's broken, you just know right away. When it's emotional, maybe you don't want to look deep and sort of discover what that is. Do you feel like it's a product of blissful ignorance um i think more of it's just the like the judgment right like if you tell somebody like oh you know what i have to you know my kidney's bad i gotta have kidney surgery what is everybody like oh you know i'm so sorry you know they're you know you get like more compassion if you're like hey yeah i'm depressed you're judged like oh just get yeah. up you know oh you just got to do this mm -hmm. and you know unless like you've ever really experienced it you don't know what it's like like it's not that easy if it was just mm -hmm. that easy to be like oh just get out of bed yeah, don't you think I would get out of bed? Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. Nobody wants to sit around the whole day. Nobody wants right. to be. I had to literally explain to somebody about a couple of years ago. Nobody wants to be depressed. Yeah, right. So it doesn't sound like a good time. Right, so yeah. somebody dealing with depression, and people and, right. people also don't want to admit that they are too. Right. if they're right. feeling that way, like but, there's also that element as well. And I feel like that's kind of the common thing that gets depression is the common thing that also first gets associated right. with mental health. Right. But there's other things, right? You got people dealing with anxiety. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, you've got what, what are some of the things you've seen that you um, don't talk about your patients, but what yep. you've seen come I mean, to the, you? The biggest things I deal with are, um, I would say, right now, <clears throat> number one is anxiety, mm. um, and that like pretty much all the teens I, I see are all I see them all for anxiety, and it's you know, it's you know, I think a lot of it's just the pressures that they have, like school, home, and just self-inflicted you know, yeah. pressure also. Um, social media, yeah, you know, it's, just, <laughs> it's like you know, it's crazy, and I'm like, wait. I went through a, a you know like a, a couple month period where I kept getting teens in, and I'm like, yo, you guys, wait, you guys are like all different kids, but you're all exactly the same. I'm like, something's huh. wrong. <laughs> but I'm seeing that too in in terms of people I know, friends. Anxiety has been something I've noticed in the last couple right. of years that's more common mm -hmm. than I probably realized initially. Right. Right. And and the friends I have, thankfully, these friends have gone for mental health right. counseling to try to deal with their anxiety. Um, 
is it more prevalent than we realize anxiety? Because I feel like it was for me. Like right. that was kind of yeah. revealing to me. I, that it's more prevalent. Than I think almost everybody has it. Yeah, to to, to some degree. Just like, some people can manage it, like right. and other people like need help. Right. Are, are are people? Is there still enough awareness that people are out there like yo? I need to manage my anxiety because I think there are people also too who acknowledge it, but they're not really addressing yeah well you get the you get the like right right because like anxiety is like the hot term right now right yeah so then you get the people that you're like oh yeah no that person like really has anxiety and then you have the people that are just throwing it around like oh i just have anxiety and they're like nah really so explain (laughs) so so to stop that for a second like can you describe for people now what is actually anxiety and and how would one identify that I mean, anxiety can present in so many different ways. Um, The way I, you know, view it is like it's if it impacts your life like significantly, then, yeah, you really need to, you know, deal with it. If it's something like, oh, okay, you're in you know, school and you have to do a presentation and you're feeling like butterflies in your stomach and you're really uncomfortable and you really don't want to do it. Okay, that's like normal level anxiety. Right. Most people experience that. Um, So it's like balancing the terms. It's like, yes, is that still anxiety? Yeah, but that's not the same as someone who, like, you know, runs out of the classroom because they mm. can't give that presentation. They're, they fail because they can't give it. Like, yeah, both anxiety, but one, you know, severely impacted that person's life, and the other one, all right, you dealt with it and you did what you had to do. Right. Um, right yeah. You know, and you don't, like, when you label them the same, now you just took away from that person that's really suffering. That's a good point. There's levels. There are levels to this. And, yeah. And how, and how because we... in some cases, it's just nerves, and nerves really just mean you care. Right. Exactly. You know, yeah, and right. that's labeling it better. Like, I'm like, that's just being, that's normal. Yeah. <laughs> The Sports Walk is back. Watch season two of Backpack Broadcasting's original web series that brings you the opinions of real sports fans. The entire first season and current season are available now on the Sports Walk YouTube channel and Facebook page. Check out the 2017 NYC WebFest official selection and see what other sports fans have to say on the hottest issues in sports today. It's easy. Just take the Sports Walk. Are we doing, in, in, especially with through the mental health community and just society in general, are we doing a, a good enough job of labeling and showing the levels of different things across different spectrums and different disorders that people may? I think be we label with? too much, right? So, I was yeah. gonna, I was gonna yeah. ask yeah. you. Oh, about are we that. doing that, right? <laughs> because or, because yeah. you you mentioned anxiety being like sort of a, a buzzword right. or like the thing yeah, now. Everything's anxiety. <laughs> and now everything is sort of becoming about mental health to some degree, where. Yes, in many cases it's warranted, and then in other cases it's like it's kind of like what everything it's like else. It's a cop out sometimes. Yeah, it, yeah. it kind of like what everything else, where it just gets oversaturated. Yeah, and, abs- oh, absolutely. So what and that's you... what I mean. I think, like, you see, like, why? Okay, why do you see all these kids, right, that are being like diagnosed with all the stuff? Some of them legitimately have stuff going on, and then other ones, you're like, all right, that's just, he's just being a kid, right? All right, that's just a jerky kid, or like, you know, it doesn't mean that something is like significantly wrong. Yeah. Um, but because hey, this is what we're doing right now. It's, you know, and it's, it's a hard thing to find because you do want more awareness, right? And you do want more education. But then at the same time, you don't want people using it as, oh, well, I'm using it as my scapegoat. Um, it's like, hey, if you legitimately have something going on and you get help, good for you. You know what? You're doing what you got to do. But if you're just using it as like, oh, it's like my out, then you know what? You're harming the people that are actually suffering. Right. Yeah. Right. And how, how do we also... I was going to throw a name out there, but let me not do that. <laughs> Were you, were you going to go to Kanye West? No. Oh, okay. I but that is one. I was actually thinking Pete Davidson. No, I, I, 
Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he threw it out there anyway. <laughs> well, like, we, we, talk, we talk about people out there. We just mentioned two names, mm-hmm. and there's kind of the perception sometimes people, the word I feel people run to sometimes is crazy, right? right. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of even a loaded. But we're all crazy, so I was right. gonna, I was going to say. <laughs> right. I mean, you obviously are. Yeah, you know what I mean? On. I obviously, yeah. like, you're, you're, still go, you're still going back into fighting after all these injuries <laughs> right. and stuff. I don't know if I could do that. But see, that doesn't necessarily mean you're crazy. Yeah. That just means you've, Something you live on, I the, you done. Live on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> well, to to the point to the point you made before, there's different levels of crazy. Right. So oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's different levels of everything. There's it's about there's, what people there's, think there's, to there's a more to. sane version of crazy, and then there's just crazy. <laughs> it's, like, it's like functional crazy versus not. Yeah. Not functional yeah. crazy. Right. right. And that it seems to be that's something that people can label really quickly on people, or there's a stigma around that in terms of getting help for mental right. health. Right. Like. Oh, this person's going to see a mental health counselor. Oh, so, they crazy. Like, right. Yep. <laughs> right. I've heard that someone's crazy, crazy with them. Right. And then I also feel like that probably hinders people from actually getting oh, the yeah, help absolutely. that they need, right? And I think there's big cultural factors in it, too. Yes. You know, you see it different, you know, different cultures view it differently. So you'll see, like, you know, some people where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, we, just everybody's in therapy. And then other people where it's like, oh, if, you, if you're if you going, you got to keep it real quiet because, you know, you're going to go to family dinner. You're going to be judged and you're going to be bad news. Yep. I, yep. I can say this is, as being a black man, as I know, in, in my culture, even more specifically to Caribbean and West Indian mm-hmm. culture. Um, too. Therapy is not something that is necessarily embraced. Right. Yeah, it's not. not and I, and I want like to say, a weakness sometimes. yeah, it's more embraced. I would say by people of maybe my generation and getting younger, but not by older people. So, right. so having these conversations, maybe like my mom or dad, <laughs> is very different. You know, they're they're going to be. You know, it's like mm, you don't you don't do right, that. Yeah, you don't like, talk about it. Yeah. Do you, have man you up. Ha- <laughs> yeah, man up. And do, have you had to break down those barriers too when people come in and they may have certain apprehensions to oh, the mental health? Um. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I said, like right now, like being, you know, having my my own practice, it's very, very different from when I was working out of like a center. Um, you know, my practice is like pretty much all like people that I'm getting, you know, coming in are all people that are, are seeking, reaching out themselves. So there's sometimes they'll still come in with like some stigmas, um, but I make it very comfortable, and it's literally just you know I'm the same way I am. So it it they very quickly usually they're like, oh okay, this is this is okay. Um, but, you know, you have to kind of break it down a little bit sometimes. And, you know, when I was working out of the center, you would see it a lot more um, of, you know, people coming in and being like, you know, or they, you know, uh, a parent having to bring their kid in because the school referred them. So they were at a point where they didn't have a choice now because, oh, wait, other people are involved and are like, oh, if you don't, you know, if you don't bring your kid for, you know, counseling, then you're going to catch a case. Mm-hmm. Right. So they would, you know, they would come in, but they would be like resistant and it'll be like, uh so you you know I'd have to like I'd work more on the parent of like kind of all right let me break you down because mm. if I don't break you down then kid, you know we can't help kid your again. kid yeah yeah and kind of to that point how much does how much have you gotten maybe like somebody who had uh, they were seeing somebody else before and they didn't really feel like they gotten any help oh because all you, the time yeah because you have people who are. I guess counselors out there who are not, are not actually, good. yeah, right, right, right. You could probably say that. Yeah, no, you're... I've like had, I, I've had like people tell me horror stories. I had like somebody come in and they were seeing like this counselor for like a year, where I was like yelling at them for seeing this person for that long, uh-huh. and they're like, oh yeah, she, you know, she was like an older lady and she would like fall asleep like in the middle of our session. What? Oh man. Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, how long did you see this person for? And they're like, oh, about a year. I'm like, why would you keep going back? Yeah, <laughs> and that yeah. I feel like in that position, those people don't That's know. Wrong. Those, yeah. And those people don't know because they probably have never seen anybody before. Mm-hmm. Like I have a friend and she was seeing a therapist 
uh, before at one point, and it wasn't really helpful. So she would be like, "Man, I don't know what to do." Right. And then she ended up stopped seeing him at one point, and just started mm-hmm. like handling. Yeah, you know, your the own. And that, I mean, yeah. that's what you see all the time. That's why, like, literally, the first session I have with somebody new is I tell them, "I'm like, listen, if you don't think this is working out, and like we're not meshing, yeah, I'm like, I'd rather you tell me, and I'll help you find somebody that might be better." I'm like, because if you don't say that to me, then what's gonna happen is you're gonna stop coming. And then you're the one that's hurting. That's dope to hear because yeah. I, I years ago I went, went to see a therapist and you know it was a guy and he told me the same thing. Yeah. In the first session he was like, "Look, if you're not comfortable with this, I will find somebody right. to help you deal with the things you need to deal with." And I found I was like, oh, you know, so I'll say this as a, you know as a patient that was calming, right? Because I was like, like, "Oh, oh okay. man, like yeah, some like, pressures off." Yeah, it's not like Yo, I have to work with you. We yeah. have to go do you know these amount of sessions it's, it was very different I used to be a personal trainer and it's like when you sell somebody on like yeah. a package you're yeah, like, yeah, like no, Yo, you, you gonna do six sessions with me <laughs> right <laughs> no matter right. what I'm getting paid right, right. Like, but that, I mean, it's very different but that's something that's also impactful in your industry as well is I guess we could say fakery Right. <laughs> that's oh, out yeah, there. No, and it's and it's like. And really I feel sad. like that's that's not that's not talked about enough either because mm. you no, do because it's, it's not like it's not like as soon as you go to get help for your mental health that that's going to be fixed right away because you might run into somebody. It's like trying to get an agent. You might have a bad agent that screws you out of a lot of deals. Yeah. You know, you might right, have yep. a bad counselor oh, who yeah. screws you up even more or oh, who just absolutely. doesn't accommodate you at all. So how impactful is that on your industry I as mean, well? For me, it, it kind of aggravates me. It makes me really angry because mm. I'm like, if you... Cause you Which is also not good for your mental health. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> because I'm like, you you know, as a when you have all, so much power to either impact someone's life in a positive way or, you know, push them over the edge. And, mm. you know, there when you take that and, you know, you abuse it because, hey, you want to get paid, you're in it. You didn't go into this for the right reasons. Mm. It's not a field that you go into to make money. Like, right. are you make enough to survive and do what you got to do. But you have to go into it wanting to, like, just help people. And if you go into it for any other reason, you're, you're not going to do a good job. And unfortunately, you know, people are greedy. And it's like, no, I'm not going to let you, you know, even though I'm not, I know I'm not a good match for you, I'm not going to let you go because I want your I money. Want the money. Yeah. How, how important is mental health for athletes? Because you're an athlete, so, and, and them just being aware of their mental health, yeah. maybe the, these athletes uh, having therapists, how important is that? Um, I think it's crucial, um, ex- you know, because if, you're, if your mind is not in the right place, you could be the best practice athlete out there. When you step into the game or you step into the fight, you're, you're not going to be able to perform. Mm. Um, you know, and I felt it, you know, usually my, you know, I get my mindset really, really good before a fight. Um, but I felt it in my last fight, literally before I walked out to the cage, it was like, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, what just happened? Uh-huh. And you know, you're out, you're in the walkout. You don't have time to kind of pull it back together. And, you know, I'm like, you know, I felt my performance, hmm. um, be drastically different just because, you know, my mind decided to kind of take a crap on me. <laughs> do you, so do you, do you have, I don't mean to get too personal, yeah. do you have a therapist? And, and because, you know, I would say like a therapist has yeah. got to have a therapist, right? So like, do you, have, do you have a therapist or mental health counselor? Well, I had, like after my last fight, you know, I had, um, considered kind of going to, uh, like go to like a sports psychologist or something like that, um, to kind of try and work on that stuff. But the problem being, for me, being a therapist and kind of having my idea of, like, hey, the way, you know, I do a lot of, like, cognitive behavior, which is, like, your thoughts and your emotions and how they impact each other. And a lot of what I was finding, because sports psychology isn't a really big field, because there's not so much money in there. Um, That there was, like, a lot of people that, like, wanted to do, like, psychoanalysts and stuff like that, where you're, like, you know, tearing up stuff from, like, when you're a kid. I'm like, I'm not about that. Like, you know, I don't, you know, sometimes you need to deal with that stuff, but I don't think that that's, you know, we live in the present. 
So we need to deal with what Especially we're Especially very much so as an athlete. Yeah, yes, absolutely. definitely in the present. So right. I'm like, I don't want, you know, that's not what I want to do. So, you know, I do a lot just on my own. Um, before before yeah. UFC 231, Sajara Eubanks told me she has a fight hypnotist. I wanted to know what you think of that. People have, do all kinds of weird stuff. Like, it was the, yeah. cra- it was, I was like, what? I've never heard of that I before. mean, if you get your mind right, then I guess yeah. you know. I mean, I mean she I went, won that fight. When I worked at, um, I had worked at Bellevue for a while, and one of the, like, the head psychiatrists there, he would do, like, hypnosis. So, like, I mean, I was, like, his subject one time, because he would do it for, like, the med students. Wait, so he tried to hypnotize you? Yeah. Did or, it work? Or did he hypnotize you? Yeah, apparently he did. Wait, know, apparently. Do you, know, yeah. do you know what you Wait. did? You don't remember? <laughs> no, I don't know. Did he tell you what you did? Yeah, like if he, he didn't have us do anything crazy. I hope you know, not. Be like raising your hand, doing stuff like I that. I hope yeah. so. <laughs> I would be like, I'll need you to record this so I can go back and look at this. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah. I think you're the first person I've met who's ever actually told me they've been hypnotized. Yeah, no, it was actually really cool. Like, And I was so excited about it because I knew he would do it with all the med students all the time. And one time he had a group and nobody wanted to do it. So he like came over to my office and he was like, hey. I was like, yes. Well, of course <laughs> you. Yes. You've jumped yeah. into other stuff. I'm like, like oh, awesome. yeah, I want to fight. Yeah, like, right, right. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah. I mean, there there are people. Damn, that's so crazy. Imagine having a talent like that where you could just like, I don't know. I, lo- I would have loved to have seen the, the control how people. that went or like how he did, what he did to well, do it's it. Like, so apparently he didn't put anything like, he didn't do old school, like put the. Drop the clock down and just swing it back and forth. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was something like that. Wait, yeah, he, he did do that. Yeah, and he, oh, yeah. and it worked. Yeah, because I don't. It's Clearly, like, she says it worked. She doesn't yeah, remember what like, she did. It's you. It's like um, it. Not everybody can get hypnotized, so it's like you have to be able to like buy into it and get like lost, like a meditation type. Oh, of thing. that'll uh, so yeah. work on me. <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm like, I, I don't have a great attention span sometimes. Yeah, well, yes. So true. like, like I'm stupid. I'll look at the clock and be like, yo, <laughs> the clock is amazing. Yeah, but it, I, it's, it's just like for like your, to, for some for you to focus on. Right. Kind of get like lost in and, it. Yeah. And lost in it. Do, do See, you, and I'm super competitive, so I'll focus. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I like, wanted it to happen. I was like, oh, right. I got to be the best at this. Right. I want to be hypnotized. <laughs> you talked about uh, sports psychology, and I was very, you. One thing, the things you said is there's not a lot of people doing it. Yeah. There isn't a lot of money in it. Um, my minor in college was psychology. It's kind of something I've always kind of wanted to do, and I've been thinking second phase right, of my right. career, whatever. I, might I forgot you had sports. a. I forgot you had a minor. Yeah, I want to go into sports psychology. I can never um, do that. Why man. do you think there? Why do you think that is? That there's just like not a lot of people in it, or not a lot of money in it, or why do you think? That well, I think because um, I mean, a big part of it is like insurance isn't going to cover it, right? So you have to pay out of pocket. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, especially on the lower level, most athletes, you know, aren't rolling in the dough like that. So mm. it's like they, you know, sure. they they got to make their choices. Um, and then, you know, big sports teams absolutely do a yep. lot of times have on staff, you know. On staff. Um, mm-hmm. but I think the Nets have one, actually. You know, if you think about it, but that's like how, how many out of how many are, you know, in the, the U.S.? That's still a very limited yeah. number of athletes like, and even teams, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Act, and people that can actually like, land those jobs. Yeah. Um, I also don't think not that many people know enough yeah. probably to even – like enforce that because something I wanted to do, but it's also hard, it's hard to find programs. Like there's nothing in no, New I, York. There's nothing. Yeah, when very I was in grad, there are more like in the NBA now, for example, than there used to be. Like I believe the Nets have one, for example, but I'm not sure every team has broached that yet. Yeah, but you can't find the programs even. To- no, you have to. It's like usually you have to kind of like get your degree and then kind of go back and specialize afterwards. But when I was in grad school. You know, we would pick our classes, and, like, on their, like, program thing, they had a sports psychology class. And every semester, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to take that class. So I'd try and take it. It was never offered, never offered. And then what they would do is, like, after the semester was over, they'd put it in like they offered it just so they could claim they offered it. And I was Hmm. like, this is not fair. (laughs) That's interesting because I just had a conversation with somebody about it in grad school because, like, 
I don't like the schools do that. They it's, play it's, games with you. It is. It's it's bullshit. Yeah. I'll say what it is. It's bullshit. Right. Yeah, I, was like, <laughs> like, I was like, what the hell? Like, it, it just, it makes the overall program look better, but you're not really offering that. Yeah. You're kind of hindering the students that are there. Yeah, I mean, and I'm like, why isn't even that, put it in there? Isn't that college? Yeah, basically. Right? <laughs> That's a whole other conversation we can get I mean, into. we're all college ed- educated. We can talk about this. You especially. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That's just a whole other problem I have with okay. schools and, and doing that. And that's, yeah, that's not yeah, bad. Yeah, play games with you. Messing with your mind. Yeah. yeah. See? School it's like, it's like, it's like how it's, <laughs> it's like how people, this is a thing going around on Twitter now that people are saying that college is a scam. And oh, where it's like, is a scam. It yeah. Is. Well, I would say more so. I would <laughs> say, and, and, and that's I would no say disrespect more... to the people who gave us the degrees that we all yeah, had. Yeah, right. thank you but, for my paper. Thank you for, right. thank you for my paper. But, <laughs> right, for but, four years. And all the paper we're still paying back in loans in terms of money. <laughs> right. But it's, it's more so, it's not even just college, but it's more so the business of college and just everything that goes into that. Which we've talked about greatly about, like the NCAA and all those things. Because, I mean, we've seen it firsthand because we used to work right. at a college, which is how we met. So, uh, yeah. Those yeah. things are uh, sensitive subjects. It is, it is, it is, and it's, it is annoying. Um, where, where do you see uh, your career and the mental health counseling going? Seems like you, you know, I would assume the mental health counseling is going to outlast. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, the, the fighting. <laughs> I mean, right, well, right now that's why I kind of like I work enough in my practice to like maintain it and you know to pay my bills and do what I have to do. <laughs> but because you know fighting, there's a there's like a timestamp. So I'm like, okay, I spent you know right now. I can, you know, I can, I can be a counselor forever, right? So, okay, hey, I got things started enough to kind of be able to keep it, maintain it, and then when I'm done fighting, then you know, okay, focus on that and you know, let that grow and and do you know, do what I got to do with that. But right now, it's kind of focus on fighting and enjoy it while I can, and you know, beat as many people up as I can. <laughs> right, and one one of the like things the, you like <laughs> and one of the things you pointed out to me like before was because uh, I asked you about starting late. And you're obviously in your mm-hmm. 30s now, but you said that you can pretty much last for a longer time right. than probably you than you would expect because you started late and there's a shelf life as opposed to oh your prime being in your when you're 27 to 32. Right. So could you see this going on for? Um, yeah, I, de- I definitely know that I have a good couple years left of me, um, and you know I definitely there definitely is because you know you can't. Even if, if you, you know, you see these kids starting, like, you know, really, like, starting to fight at 18. Okay, they've been training longer than that. Um, yeah. You know, it takes, it does take a toll on your, your body. So if you, you know, you're starting younger, okay. You know, everybody's like, oh, young athletes. But then you're you're still going to have that, that time stamp, right? It's just the number of years. Obviously, if you start too late, your body can't perform. Right. Um, but for me, you know, I, I couldn't, I don't think my body could hand, could have handled you know, fighting and the the rigorousness of it at like twenty one. Yeah, I don't think it, it it just it just wasn't you know built up yet. <laughs> yeah, whereas somebody like Max Holloway probably right. comes in really early, is ready right away. Right, but then we don't know how he's going to necessarily age. Right, you know, right, absolutely. Yeah, um, you know, and it's it does take a toll. So it's like you you know you see that, and I think with um you know females too, we can kind of last a little bit longer. Than guys, um, and you, you know, now you're seeing younger females starting. But for a while, it was pretty much like people were having kids and like Coming you know back. having a career, and then start and then fighting. Now you know it's transition. It's like similar to the guys, but you know at the beginning it was more of that. So. Yeah. Who are, who are some of your favorite fighters? Uh, my favorite is Rose. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's she my needs favorite. to come back. Yeah. She needs to come back. She's been already out for like almost a year. <laughs> oh yeah, really? Her yeah, last March, fight was right? at her last fight was at Barclays in April. 
where she beat Joanna yeah. the second time. Well, yeah, she's still UFC strawweight champion, but she hasn't fought in a while. She's had like some neck injuries and stuff like that, and she's still on the mend. I yeah. was told. What, what do you What do you think the future of the sport is going forward? The popularity has been increasing. There's no denying that. And what do you think it is? ESPN now. In or terms, UFC. Yeah. In terms of for women, one point two billion. Yeah, for women. Yeah, all that money is going to. In terms of for women in the sport, and Invictus, right. you know, helping to promote women, which is yeah, and huge. I mean, yeah, and Invictus, uh, they're doing. You know, every year they're doing more and more cards, which yep. is great because they started off where they were doing only like two, three cards a year, if that. Now it's like you know, pretty much like once a month they have yeah. a card, which is just awful. had one. Yeah. About to have another one. Yep, that's yeah. huge for, for promotion. You, you see this growing and getting better, more opportunities for women in the sport, right? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. The you know the only thing is like you just it's like some of it's starting to become like jokester stuff, where it's like mm. you know like the um, stuff that they do like to hype up fights or something. You're like, all right, is that actually real in or Invicta? is that just no, not so much in Invicta. Oh. Yeah, in Invicta, you don't really see that stuff. But that's like, why, that's why I was yeah. like, wait, Invicta? But no, no you definitely see yeah. that in UFC. And it's like you know that <laughs> if that happens too much, it takes away from it because it makes it. You know, then it's like, oh, is this really a sport or is it now like just an entertainment? Yeah. And mm. I still don't like mm. that. I still don't like that in highlight reels, for example. And this is always going to be this way, especially in boxing. But you see this in UFC in highlight reels when they're hyping on fights. What are you going to see? Big punches, right. knockouts, things yeah. like that. I'm like, yo, why can't we see ever see like a good arm bar yeah. in so a highlight reel? So you don't, the technical stuff isn't shown as, no, as it's, much. It's, right. it's all. And, you know, for me, my first I only really started doing striking like towards the end of my amateur career. It was all like jujitsu. Hmm. It was like, all right, I would fake my striking to get you in the clinch and then work, you know, jujitsu on you. But that's not going to get you fights. Like, you can win fights, you can school people, um, but people want to see you punch people in the face. <laughs> right. Do you know how far? Do you know how far you are from getting your black belt? Because you're a brown belt now. Um. Yeah. I mean, I transferred schools. I switched where I was training at um, last year. So you know, that definitely kind of like stepped things back. And now. You know, I'm doing more of the MMA side of it, so okay. you know it's definitely going to take longer than if I just if I stuck with jujitsu, I would have had my black belt already. But because now, hey, all right, you know, I want to focus on the fighting side. I could do jujitsu. Jujitsu is one of those things where you could you can do that forever. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen like grandmas competing, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> wow. like, um, you know, so it's that's something where it's the same thing. Like, you know, with my you know counseling career, it's like, all right, you know, what? I can come back to that. I can always, right. you know, I'm gonna have my black belt at some point. It's just right now, you know what? Let me focus on the MMA side of it because I could do that right now. Yeah, well, people should know. Don't mess with Jillian. <laughs> right. She got a brown belt. You might, she might sleep on you because of your size. <laughs> oh yeah. But, uh, for people that don't it'll know, it'll get real, real for, quick. <laughs> yeah, for people that don't know, brown belt is like one step from black belt. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I started training at my and my black new belt's spot. really hard to get. <laughs> when I started training at my new spot, I uh, like it was like nogi class, so nobody saw like what belt I had. You know, some of the people knew I was a brown belt or whatever, but like. You know, some of the guys are like coming, they're going easy. I'm like armoring the shit out of them, like going real hard. And they're like, oh man, how long have you been training? I'm like, oh, it's like my second class. Wow. <laughs> they're, like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like looking at me all confused. Like, what? I, I, yeah, I played that out for like a couple weeks. Yeah, <laughs> and then I showed like, up to geek class with a brown belt, and they're like, really? Really? I'm like, <laughs> Why'd you have to play us like that? You don't have to hurt my arm like that. <laughs> What's the best finish you've had? Um, uh, like in a, a fight? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say my first fight, I um, I fought a girl, and I had fought her a couple months earlier. I did a grappling match with her, and I did an armbar from, like, um, the side. 
So before I went to the fight, I was like, oh, I'm going to armbar her the same way. And I finished the fight with the same exact armbar. <laughs> I know she wasn't feeling good about that. She's like, damn, it happened again. <laughs> armbar from the side. I'm trying to picture like, it. She's, like they're on their side. You oh, okay. It, was yeah. there any fight that you had where you just like, you know, we talked about how you got the first punch and you're kind of yeah. like, oh, man. But was there any fight where you're just like fighting first 30 seconds a minute and you're just like, oh, this is easy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My, really? Uh, yeah. I, oh, like, I expected no. That was the, only, well, it was the only fight that I like literally like for like the whole, from the time that the fight got signed up, I kept emailing the promoter and I'm like, are you sure? Like this girl wants to fight? Like, are you sure? Like every week. You were emailing the yeah. promoter? <laughs> Because I it would have been funny if you just asked a girl, like, are you sure yeah. you want to fight? <laughs> I mean, I finished her in like a minute, but it was like she didn't have any fights. I had a couple fights. I was a brown belt. She didn't have any jujitsu. So it was like it didn't make sense. You've but... seen her train before? Like you knew who she was already? Um, no, I didn't know who she was. I don't think she really trained. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Then, I got you. Yeah, and then he's telling me, he's like, no, she called you out specifically. I'm like, all right, then it's, it's on. <laughs> See, that would have made me want to embarrass her more when he said that. Oh, I'd be like, oh, she called me out? Yeah, it was done in a minute. Like, did you, what did you, what were you feeling when it was over and done in a minute and you're looking into her eyes and you know that she just got owned in a <laughs> it minute? And what did you finish with? that face. I got you. I got you. It was like, yeah, all right. What did you finish that one with? Uh, ground and pound for the mount. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, she, yeah. Elbows or punches? Oh, uh, punches because it was amateur, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, if, was, if it was pro. pro. If it was pro. Oh, it would have been wrecked. <laughs> oh, my God. And I assume being a professional, you have never had a fight that easy again. Um, No. Yeah, no, no. no, no. Oh, was, let me, no. Oh, let me ask but, you. Especially, I mean, being... You know, if I would have fought on like some of these other like lower level promotions, yeah, probably I would have had some easy fights. But in Victor, you're getting the, the you know top of the food chain. Yeah, so it's, you're, right. not, you're yeah. not getting any slouches. There. Yeah, right. no, right. not at all. Let me ask you this: uh, Gerard, Gerard thinks this is hilarious. But <laughs> okay. I brought this up the other day. So what's it called? We were talking about the Joe Rogan theory where uh, people should fight uh, bare knuckle. Okay. <laughs> So I was wondering what you think about that just from an actual fighter's perspective because obviously like the way he explains it and the way I explained it to Gerard was like, look, it will cause you – I'm not endorsing right, it. Right, right. I'm just say, I'm just applying his logic and what he's saying is it would cause you to fight a little bit smarter. What I mean by that is you take off the glove. Mm -hmm. Then if I tell you if I tell you to hit this table, Dexter, right? If I tell you to hit this table and you have a glove on, you'd be inclined to do it as hard as you could. Now, if I take the glove off, you'll probably be like, eh, I don't yeah. know. So it will cause you to fight a little smarter, although it is your bare hand after all. But he also says, like, why are you allowed to do elbows right. and no, knees so, yeah, yeah, but not bare like that? That's so, a fair point. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it was actually a fair point. So I was like, I didn't fully know if I agreed or disagreed. I'd rather hear Jillian side. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's hear from a professional. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's it's a bad idea at all because the gloves inhibit your grappling. Like that is true. You you know, especially when you have like smaller hands, like you know, just grabbing the wrist and doing everything. It's it's hard to grapple with the gloves on. Yeah. Um, and then how many people break their hands and they're taped and and mm. you know have their you know have Floyd gloves Mayweather on used and to break break, it all yeah, the time. they're breaking their hands. Mm. So it's like despite all right, the gloves being on, yeah. Right. So it's not really that it protects you. All right, maybe a protection when you're getting hit a little bit, but not that much. I think it's more yeah. of a visual thing yeah. where I mean, like I think it's it's you know you know those those like cover your ass things. Yeah, yeah. yeah like oh, we put these safety measures in place that aren't really safety that really measures. Safety measures. Yeah, because <laughs> like like would ESPN give UFC over a billion dollars if it was bare knuckle? Right. Probably not. 
You know what I mean? Like right, because then it's then it's really barbaric. And yeah, then it, then it looks, right. and then because the, you're gonna see bloody knuckles right. and other right. stuff. Right, it's just the image of it. But now there is a bare knuckle promotion now. I think Beck Rawlings is actually yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there is a bare knuckle promotion really? that's going on now that former MMA fighters have fought in and other people. Interesting. And yeah, that's, they get just boxing and stuff. Okay, but yeah, they just. You know, they just kill each other. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it's probably, like you watching your life. Oh, like, oh, this, yeah, oh, yeah. No, it's like it's like it's just got real. Huh. Like, probably not good for your physical or mental health. <laughs> probably, probably, probably not. Probably not about that. Well, uh, Jillian, thank you for joining us. Um, we just got to pick a number. We really appreciate it. Well, we have this thing, right? We do. We pick a number. So I don't know if you've seen the artwork that we post, but okay. like, so when we have the artwork uh, for the episode, we will pick a number representing the episode based off of what athletes wore those uniforms i don't know how familiar you are you're going to be with some of these names uh because obviously it's hard to tie in fighting which <laughs> i always try to do i try to do episode because he loves fighting yeah i try to do it with episode 56 i was like muhammad ali at 56 wins he's muhammad ali but then you know lawrence taylor i'm i'm, I'm kind of like yeah i mean you know yeah. even though it's problematic uh lt had to kind of be the one there uh, so with 57, you said you're not a Met fan, uh, but we do have Johan Santana on this list. I'm sure you remember him, uh, and that's somebody that we're probably going to go with, but I'm going to just go through the other names. Go through the list. Real quick. <laughs> uh, Francisco Rodriguez. Good Met for a while. This is K-Rod we're talking about. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Very common name, so I understand. Yes. Uh, Daryl Kyle, who's late. Eight. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I remember when he passed away, which yeah, is kind of Yeah, I remember crazy. that. Yeah. Pitch for the Astros, right? And the Cardinals. Yeah. Mo Lewis and Bar Scott both wore 57 for the Jets. Yep. Bar Scott's your boy. You were telling me all Bar, Bar Scott's a cool dude. We got to get him here. Yeah. Ricky Jackson, who I don't remember who that is. I don't know. <laughs> I put it on the list. I'm like. Was he a wide receiver? No, not a wide receiver. 57 can't can be a wide receiver. receiver. I don't even know. Has to be a linebacker. Yeah, it has to be a linebacker. Because the next guy, yeah, yeah, it has to be a linebacker. Yeah. Then Tom Jackson. Yep. And Clay Matthews. So. Yeah. I'm going with Johan Santana. Do you have a vote here or do you not care? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whoever you guys say. Right. All right. We'll go with okay. Johan Santana. There we go. Okay. Well, Johan Santana is good for everybody's mental health. That, that, right. That's good. He did right. a perfect game for the real, good. Real quick, uh, predictions on the two main events for UFC 232. Yes. Jones, Gustafson, Nunez, Cyborg. Uh, well. I, I, will, I will come out and say that I do think Jones is going to win. I don't want him to win, though. Yeah? No, nah, because, it, I mean... You, you got a rep for New York? No, nah, I'm joking. Yeah, <laughs> She's but like, just I all the background to. stuff, you know. It's yeah. Like, you know, you, yeah. I, like, <laughs> it, but it, I, I agree. I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win. Uh, to some degree, I, I see where your point is. Like, I don't know how great it is for the sport. Although, yeah. for the UFC, it would be great because, yeah, like, but they people don't, want... Yeah, but UFC doesn't really care, honestly. It's like, Clearly. oh, the more... The more... No, right. ...you're going to bring in, the more controversy, That's the more all they we care. want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. by the way, speaking of mental health, I mean, he's somebody who struggled with that in the past. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then Cyborg versus Nunez, we were oh, talking Cyborg, about. Cyborg, yeah. And you think Cyborg's going to win? I'm a little, I'm inclined to somewhat agree that Cyborg has the advantage. Uh, I'm not discrediting Nunez in part because we did have lunch this week, <laughs> last week. <laughs> so. You could have told her over lunch that Cyborg had the advantage. <laughs> so. I can see that. With the table. Yeah. Well, I, no, I think she's bigger, but also I do think that, I mean, Nunez has been, she's improved a lot over the last seven fights that she's had this big winning streak. And, you know, 
she's also coming up, so there's not really going to be a bad weight cut for her. Whereas for Cyborg, yeah. I mean, she yeah, but that's like good and bad. You know, yeah. when, you're, when you're coming up and you're not cutting as much, all right, yeah, you're not cutting as much, but then you're also not putting on as much after. Sure. You know? Which is why yeah. I think, which is I think that was also the difference in Valentina versus Joanna. Like you oh, could yeah. see she, it. You could see they were like two different people. She was like <laughs> Valentina. Valentina used to be one thirty-five. And Joanna was champion for a long time at 115. So they sort of met in the middle, which obviously benefits Valentina, who barely had to lose weight to make 135. So she probably had to lose 10, 12, 15 pounds to make 125. Her back is huge. She's so, and on top of all that, the size advantage, she's also really, really good. Like she's a killer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Joanna is, well, more so at 115, where you can see at 125, the power doesn't translate as much. She'll probably beat most of that division. But the champion, I'm not so sure. Yeah, right. absolutely. It's yeah, just that so, big of a difference. All right. Yeah. So that's your predictions for that's 232. That's my predictions. Yeah. All right. And we'll look for you. We look forward to finding out your next fight. we got to bring you up uh, here again. Yeah, when I'm actually fight. fighting, hopefully. Beat right. up some more people. And we're gonna, we are gonna we need you to come back healthy, yes. mentally and physically. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, right. We need that as And it's well, been too. a while already because the last fight was in, what, August? It was July. Yeah, end of July. End of yeah. July. Yeah, because so. I remember you telling me. I mean, Brian told me about you. I remember yeah. it, was a, it was a while yeah. ago. Yeah, it was end of July. I mean, but that's like a victory. Because sometimes you, you're waiting. It's a waiting game, right? And that you know kind of sucks. Do, do, yeah. they, do they allow fighters to like if you wanted to fight? Like, yeah, you can fight outside. Um, I've looked for stuff outside. It's just at 105. It's, it's hard, hard to find them. Yeah, find and it's like I'm not. You know, I don't. I'm not gonna. I don't want to take a fight against. You know, I want to take somebody. You know, legit. Yeah. And it's like all right, everybody that's pretty much legit is you know an Invicta. So it's like uh, that's true too. Because yeah, you, you get that like yeah. And then you're t- you get torn because it's like oh. You know, I want to fight, but then I don't want to. You know, you, I don't want to like yeah. take a fight somewhere else, and then they offer a fight, and it's like, damn, wait. Yeah, that you, that, that sucks. Yeah. yeah, and you don't want to do a one fifteen or a one or one ten catch no. weight or yeah. something like that. Yeah, like I would do a catch weight. Like that would you be would do right. one ten yeah, catch weight. Yeah, that would be fine. Um, but one fifteen, unless there's somebody else that's coming up from one hundred five. Yeah, you know, I'm small for one fifteen. Yeah, but then in that case, you could just fight at one hundred five. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, why not just do that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Please. less of a cut for me. Yep. Cool. Right. <laughs> yeah. right All right. Well, we, we're wishing you uh, the best of luck in your next fight, and hope to hear soon. Thank you so much for your time and coming Thank up. Thank you for having me. Right. Once yeah. again, that's Jillian DeCorsi. That's Jillian DeCorsi, mixed martial artist uh, from Invicta Fight Championships, and mental health counselor, doing some great work. Right. For Brian Fonseca. Yes. I'm Dexter Henry for episode 57 of the Hotel Podcast. Peace, guys.